And here we go. Hello, and welcome to the Field Guide to Body Language podcast. I'm Laurel, and I am a movement analyst who educates inquiring minds on the power of body language in building healthy relationships. You can follow me on Instagram at Laurel Foley, L-A-U-R-E-L-F like Frank, O-L-E-Y, or go to my website, fieldguidetobodylanguage.com, if you want more information on who I am and what I do. Today, we are talking about communication. It's pretty much common knowledge in the world of body language that nonverbal communication can make up anywhere from 35 to 90% of our total communication, which is a lot of information that is coming through outside of what we're saying, just the words that are coming out of our mouth. And you can't distill that large of a percentage of communication down to like a handful of arm and eyebrow positions. You really have to be able to look at the body in front of you and see the whole picture. In that same way, it's a good idea to understand your whole body and the way your whole body communicates to other people. Our bodies are reflections of who we are emotionally, and our bodies show feelings in an infinitely more intimate way than our words alone could ever convey. There are, um, they are, our bodies are the most complex tool for communication, and everybody has a slightly different model, which is the coolest thing ever. But it also means that we need a system to look at body language that doesn't just put people into little stereotypical boxes. We need to see what the whole body is saying. The problem is this. We aren't, we aren't taught how to use our bodies as a communication tool or how to understand the movement of other humans in a systematic and meaningful way. Um, unless you have like a, um, unless you have a history in the performing arts, like if you grew up performing, um, you probably know exactly the meaning you convey with your movement because you've had a lot of practice at it. Um, but that's not representative of the general populace. We're taught from a young age, how to communicate with words, how to speak, read, write. Like these are all things that are covered at home and then reinforced in school, um, but not really how to communicate with our bodies. And yet we know how important body language is. Here's an example. At the high school where my kids go, students are automatically suspended for throwing a single punch, but it takes an entire litany of swear words before any sort of reprimand is warranted. One physical action warrants an immediate extreme response, but it takes words upon words upon words to warrant that same response. The same thing happens in the adult world. Physical assault warrants an extreme punishment, but no one blinks at eye, an eye at a swear word. Like it's totally no big deal. Now, I know that seems like a really extreme example. Throwing a punch isn't in like the common body language vernacular, we'll say. Um, Lots of other resources prefer to focus on the more subtle movements of body language, crossed arms, looking down, furrowing the eyebrows, et cetera. But 
throwing a punch is the epitome of what body language is. It tells us in a very clear way exactly how someone is feeling. Now, imagine if we were teaching people how to communicate fully with their words and their actions and their movements, how to be consistent in all of those areas and how powerful the messages we send with our nonverbal communications are. How different would the world look then if we all understood the unique tools that we have and how to use them? Even though the movement of our bodies makes up the vast majority of our communication, there are not a lot of resources if you want to learn about body language. Yeah, you you can find them, but it's not like Googling writing tips where there are billions of search results, which is a bummer because it's really time we stepped up to the plate and started understanding and appreciating our body language. So in that vein today for you, I have four areas categories, realms, call them what you will, for you to consider while you're starting to really tune in to body language. And, and they have a fancy acronym. You're welcome, acronym lovers. Um, the acronym is BESS, B-E-S-S. The B is for body. When you are looking at body language, you can and should consider the whole body, the feet, the hands, the eyes, the shoulders, the spine, the vocal cords, the breathing patterns are all part of this category. Body language isn't limited to the hands or the face. Look at the whole body. E, the E is for effort. Effort describes how we move. It describes the intention of the movement. Um, And for me, this is one of the most telling things in the body because it reflects a lot of emotion and can communicate a lot of feeling. The first S in best is for shape. And this is exactly what it sounds like. It's the shapes you make with your body. If you are slouching right now, which I am, you are making a different shape with your body than someone who is standing up straight. And those two different shapes communicate very different things to the outside world. Last, but definitely not least is space. Space is how you would describe where someone is in like the imaginary bubble of their personal space. It's like a little 3d map, um, which possible that makes it a diagram instead of a map. I don't know. 3d map sounds cooler. So we're going to stick with that, but your personal space has a 3d map that can help describe and, uh, contribute meaning to where someone lives in their personal space. Now, I promise there are forthcoming episodes that will deal with each of these in much more depth. But for now, your four things to start looking for are body, effort, shape, and space. So one, what part of the body is moving? Two, how is it moving? What is the intention? What is the effort? Three, what is the sh- what shape is the body making? Four, where is it moving in its personal space. Let's just take um, a couple of examples. We love, love our Keurig at my house. Coffee on demand is just like seriously the best invention since sliced bread. We love it. Um, My husband and I are huge coffee drinkers. So let's take the movement of sliding a coffee cup into the Keurig because I feel like it's a pretty wide widespread example that we can all relate to. Um, so we'll say you're using your right hand and right arm and your arm is, and you're holding a cup and you're extending your arm in front of you slowly headed directly towards the Keurig. And then you would set the cup down gently on the tray. 
it's a pretty simple movement, right? You're just, you're just extending one arm carefully out in front of your body. Now let's contrast that with a similar movement where you would also extend your arm out in front of your body, like say punching someone in the stomach, you're still using your hand and your arm and lots of supporting muscles, but let's not get too stuck in the weeds here. Um, and now you're exerting a lot of force because you want to make a big impact. You're gathering force and speeding up, but the pathway your arm is taking in the bubble of your personal space is the same. It's all the same body parts, the same pathway in space, but a totally different effort, a totally different intention. Imagine if you were, imagine if you were going to put your coffee cup in the Keurig tray with the action of a punch, like you would, you would break something, right? You break the cup. You'd probably, and in breaking the cut, you in breaking the cup, you'd probably cut your hand or you'd like, or you got a really strong cup and you like smash into the Keurig and you break the Keurig. Um, and that's like, it's just a complete, it's completely the wrong effort for what your goal is. You just want a cup of coffee you are not trying to punch the Keurig. On the flip side of that coin, if you are punching somebody in the stomach and you do it with the action of sliding a cup into the Keurig, like, yes, you'll, you'll put their, your fist in their stomach, but it like, it would be more like a love punch. Maybe like, here, I'm going to love punch you in the stomach. Oh my gosh. So awkward. So the, the effort, the intention of the movement is really, really important. So if you're just looking at the body parts that are moving and where they're going in space, then there's not much to note in that example. It's kind of a non-event. But if you look at the big picture, the body, the effort, the shape, and the space all together, then there's a lot to see. And you can start understanding why the person is moving that way. They either want a cup of coffee or they want to punch someone. And if you are a coffee drinker, sometimes those things happen simultaneously, but that's another story. Um, here's something else to consider someone who has shaky hands, like with an essential tremor or Parkinson's, um, might need both hands to get the coffee cup on the Keurig tray. Um, they might have to be slower and more intentional about their movements because they don't have the same amount of control available to them who doesn't have a tremor. Um, and you might think that that's not such a big deal to just have to use both hands to move your cup. Um, but what else does that mean for the person with a tremor? It means their second hand isn't available to do anything else, like get a K-cup from the drawer or the cream out of the fridge. Um, the whole process for them will be a little bit slower because they won't be able to multitask and really have to focus on getting the cup into the tray without dropping it or tipping it. So I know y'all are like, yeah, that makes sense, but that's not body language. That's not a communication. It's a medical condition. And you're right. It is a medical condition, but it's a medical condition that has a, an effect. Um, it has a physical effect on the body and is now showing up in a very subtle way, right? It's just a little shake, but what is that little shake communicating? It's communicating something. It's asking you for your patience, or maybe even asking you for your help. And this brings me to another point, which is body language is something 
we all already see and react to. Most humans seeing another human struggle will offer them help or or just give them patience. If you saw a coworker struggling to make a cup of coffee, just like I described, you'd offer to help, not because the person struggling asked for help verbally, but because you can see the struggle in their body language. What we're doing by looking at body language within the realms of body effort, shape, and space is giving ourselves a framework to see, to appreciate, and to respond to all body language. So as you are out in the world this week, see if you can identify those four areas that we use to look at body language. Um, again, they are body effort or the intention, um, the shape the body is making and the space it is moving in. And for all of my visual learners, if you'd like to see video of what these concepts look like, head on over to my website. And there is a video there for you where I describe some of the basic concepts. Um, and I really just want everyone to have a good handle on this so that when we unpack more and more of the system, no one gets lost in the deep end. So head on over to my website and check out the video. Um, my blog is also there, but I will warn you that I am only really happy with my writing when it is super technical and academic. So it's pretty dry. Um, but if that's your jam, enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share this episode on the socials because the world is better when we understand our greatest communication tool.